Welcome to, what day is it? Philosophy Friday. And uh, welcome to Philosophy Friday. This is the first ever podcast with me, Andre, Mike's little brother, pastor of a church in Felixstone, England. Uh, I'm running solo for the first time here. This is a big moment for me, guys. It's a big moment. And um, I have to say, it's on philosophy, which is something that I'm having to do a lot of reading about at the moment, but it's not really my thing. Not in the same way it is with Nick and Mike. Um, but I've really appreciated getting to know it. Um, a lot of people are skeptical of philosophy. A lot of people see philosophy as something that's kind of anti-Christian. And make no mistake, there are certain philosophical schools that are very much so anti-Christian. And um, we shouldn't study philosophy or read philosophy thinking by any means that all of it is pro-Christianity or pro-God. Far from it. Far from it. Um, and most of us know that philosophy, um, really the philosophy of the day is postmodernism. And the thing, the thing that I think makes philosophy and the study of it useful for the Christian, more than anything else, more than trying to discern the truth, um, which, you know, philosophy does have a certain degree of useful. It's, it's, it's a way of engaging with natural theology or natural law. So uh, it is the God-given means by which people, through common grace, can study and discern truths of the created order. And philosophy is simply um, understanding the reasons why of the created order, understanding how things work, and so yeah, philosophies of science, philosophies of biology, philosophies of history, and so on, and so forth. It's, it's kind of thinking about the thinking. And um, these philosophies are, to some extent, useful. You know, um, I recently was giving a talk on God and science, and so I read through a, a philosophy of science textbook. And that was enormously helpful because you get to realize that so many scientists are making claims about science that most philosophers of science um, would laugh at. You know, uh, the reliability of science, the fact that science works on fact and not on theory and all these kinds of things. Philosophers of science will immediately expose as being um, in error because uh, philosophy, uh, science relies on conjecture, on guessing, on creating theories and then proving those theories. And, uh, and also it's far from reliable. Lots of scientific truths have been overturned and replaced by, by other truths. And so um, philosophy from that point, point of view can be helpful to attaining truth. But for me personally, um, and of, co of course the caveat there is so long as it's not theological truth, so that long as it's not um, special revelation, the things that we need to know in order to know God and to be saved, that you cannot get through natural philosophy. Um, however, for me, the, the main thing about philosophy, the usefulness of it, has really been about understanding how we are products of our times and that it affects our thinking. So the, one of the major things you get 
um, it just kind of slams you in the face. Whenever you study anything historical, when you read Christians from long ago, um, you are confronted immediately with a, a gap, not only in the kind of the oldness of the English or, or something like that, but there's a gap in thinking. There's a, there's a way of viewing the world that is slightly different to the way that we view the world. And um, the reality is that those kind of things have a profound impact on the way that we think about Christianity, understand it, apply it. Um, I, you know, I, preaching through Corinthians, I'm very aware that Corinthians, then their major problem was that they were thinking like Corinthians and not like Christians. They were judging spirituality based on the values and standards of their culture and on their traditions and on their philosophies rather than on the value of the gospel or, or rather than according to the values of the gospel. And so that's really fundamentally the Corinthian problem. Everything else that goes wrong in Corinth can be traced back to that underlying issue, which begs the question, doesn't it? If their problem was that they were judging spirituality and creating a, a version of Christianity that was more pagan than Christian, um, do we just assume that we don't do that? Should we just assume that actually philosophy... Uh, the philosophies of our day have no impact on us because we've kind of gone beyond that now. We're no longer Corinthian. And that actually we just base our views on the Bible. Um, I think that would be extremely naive. I think that to think for a moment that the philosophies of, of our day are not having a profound impact on the way that we think, the way that we interpret the Bible, the way that we do theology, the way that we apply the Christian life or understand the Christian life, I think they'd be extremely naive. So what's really useful about philosophy is that it can help you to understand what the philosophies of the day are. And if you can understand what those philosophies are, then you can understand how it is that they're impacting you. And if you can understand how it is that they're impacting you, then you can be discerning about whether or not they should be impacting you in those ways, whether or not actually it is a Corinthian-type problem, or whether or not actually those, um, those common grace ideas are actually compatible with biblical truth. This has been going on since the days um, of Augustine and before, seeking to apply the ideas of Plato and discern the ideas of Plato and Aristotle and so on and so forth. Um, and so that can be really, really helpful. So what I wanted to do uh, today, uh, because I've been doing a lot of overview of philosophy just because of the, the masters that I'm doing uh, is requiring, I'm doing hermeneutics and, and how the philosophical developments have impacted the way that we have read the Bible, and that has been enormous. I mean, we, it really has made a difference. And everything that we debate about the way we should interpret the Bible today does hinge on how these different philosophical movements have shaped our thinking. It's not to say that we can't arrive at something that is biblical or true or objective. Um, it is just saying that we're not in a vacuum. We are products of our times, and we need to be discerning about that. We will bring those kinds of things to the Bible with us. Um, so what I thought I'd do is sort of share some of the overview stuff I've been doing. There's a, there's a great book by uh, Peter Hicks, published by Apollos. 
It's called Evangelicals and Truth. Now, when I say it's a great book, I haven't got through all of it yet. But what I am thoroughly enjoying is just his overview of the impact of philosophy. Um, I've also been reading other books, A History of Biblical Interpretation uh, Since the Enlightenment, uh, which is by a guy named Alan J. Hauser and Dwayne Watson, they're the editors. And um, that's been fascinating. There's a book by Gerald Bray on um, biblical hermeneutics, a kind of textbook. I've enjoyed that. There's a, there's a good chapter by Walter Kaiser in um, his textbook, Introduction to Biblical Hermeneutics. Um, so there's a couple of, it's not just Peter Hicks that's feeding into this, but um, really his, his stuff is, is the most accessible, I think. And, and he's coming at it from a specific angle of, of how the notion of truth has changed. And I found this helpful just to understand how it is that we got to be where we are. And so I thought I'd begin that journey um, and uh, see how far we get. Maybe I'll finish it, trying to keep this down to about 15, 20 minutes. So uh, I'll start the journey with Plato and uh, see if we can get all the way up to uh, postmodernism. And then the idea is next time we'll tackle postmodernism uh, together because that'll be really where the rub is. That's where we're at today. Um, so, uh, yeah, here we go. Plato, what was his idea of truth? Uh, what was the, the major philosophy there? There's lots to say about Plato. I'm focusing on, on the whole idea of truth here. So uh, for Plato, truth was linked with the idea of goodness and reality. To know the truth is to know what's real. And, um, and there was a kind of moral connotation to that. It's good to know the truth. It's bad to have the truth withheld from you or to be lied to. There's a moral connotation to it. So the pursuit of truth against error is a moral pursuit, not just a philosophical one. Um, Plato viewed truth as something objective, something outside of us, something to be discovered or found or studied. It's not created by us. It's not controlled by us. Um, but human beings do have the ability to know truth, according to Plato. So human beings do know, uh, and through reason, through philosophy, we can, we can discover what the truth is. Um, underlying all truths are forms or ideas, and this is where it gets a little bit kind of weird and philosophical. But the important thing is um, that the kind of the form or the, the essence, the idea um, that underlies all truth um, finds its ultimate basis in what he called the form of the good, which is kind of, well, he spoke about it as if it was God. So maybe it, maybe it is God. And certainly when Augustine uh, picked it up, and he's kind of the next stage in the journey, really, because Augustine was keen to, uh, Plato really helped him discover that God was essential in the whole pursuit of knowing the truth. You can't know the truth without God. He is the form of the good. He is the good, the ultimate truth um, on, upon which all other truths rest. And so for Augustine, God was central in our ability to know the truth. You can't know the truth without him. Um, and not only as a kind of intellectual idea that God underpins all truth, all truth rests on him in a kind of ontological sense. Or, uh, but also because, um, you know, reason and philosophy could only take you so far, according to Augustine. So um, while Plato would see philosophy as, as basically the only tool that you have, 
Um, Augustine's wanting to say, well, hang on a second, philosophy is good, but it can only take you so far. You need God to reveal something to you. So we need revelation, uh, special revelation, if you like, as well as general revelation. Um, next up is, is Anselm. And he also emphasized the objective nature of truth. Um, and he also emphasized philosophy as the way to find that truth. Um, but he was, he, he had a, a, a higher, I think, um, trust in the capacity of human reason to discover the truth. But his big shift was that truth isn't simply something that you think. It's not simply intellectual. It's also about the will and about action. Um, however, um, Anselm's ideas didn't really have a massive impact because uh, basically people weren't interested in that kind of concept of truth. The, the philosophical temperature of the day was more interested in thought and ideas and intellect and reason, pure reason, rather than in kind of application. And even though Anselm's idea of truth as being something you not only think but also something you do, um, really was quite, in some sense, much closer to a Jewish understanding of truth. It sort of fell by the wayside, and partly because Thomas Aquinas came along. And Thomas Aquinas came along and said, look, um, truth is objective, reality is objective, it's something outside of us, we can discover it, we can know it, and it does depend on God. In that sense, it's the same. His view of reason was slightly higher, so he's putting more emphasis on our uh, reasonable abilities to discover the truth. But he moved slightly away from Plato uh, and his idea about how you have truth and then you had the kind of the form or the idea behind the truth. That was the real thing, if you like. And Aquinas said, actually, there's no need to bother with that uh, because you've got everything that you need in the world around you. So the truth comes from your experience of the world around you. You don't need to worry about sort of higher plane ideas um, or essences. It's just about the thing around you. And so really there's no need, and this is where it differs quite a lot from Augustine, there's no need for uh, revelation at all. You could simply use philosophy and reason to discover the truth about things. Uh, because you could look at the world around you and your experience of the world around you and using natural or natural theology alone, you could discover the truth. That's a big difference to Augustine. And this really led to, this way of thinking really led to the Renaissance, which was this massive surge in confidence in human reason and, and power. And so God's role um, in truth, he was still acknowledged basically all of the fact that we could know truth, the fact that objective truth exists, hinged on the idea of God uh, being there. In, in practice, it kind of God was removed from the equation. So in principle, yes, we still need God in order to make the idea of objective truth work. But in practice, we don't really need God in order to access that truth. So God's role was removed from kind of the... Whereas with Augustine, he was saying we need God to actively reveal himself to us. In, in Aquinas, he's saying, actually, no, your, your reason can get you there. Um, and so uh, the Renaissance sort of reduced the role of God in understanding truth. Now, I noticed that I'm at 15 minutes already. So I think uh, what we're going to do is that's, that's a good point for us to break. Well, we've got to the Renaissance. That's a, a 
a very fast overview from Plato to the Renaissance. And then we'll, we'll um, in ne next Friday, we'll look at what happens from the Renaissance all the way uh, through to uh, the Romantic movement and the sort of end of modernism. So I hope you've enjoyed that whistle-stop tour. Um, I, I certainly find it helpful, uh, though I think that if you stay tuned and wait till next Friday and you get the kind of whole picture, you'll really come to see how things have shaped the way that we, uh, we think today. Um, so hold on that thought, buy Peter Hicks's book, have a read through, you can join me with it if you want, and then um, I'll see you, see you next Friday. Thank you.